ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌ ಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿದ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ವಿ ಹವ್ ಬಿನ್ ಸಿ ದಿಸ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ you know i was looking at the i was trying to find the same verse in the bhashya because there is a little bit of a grammatical problem here i was trying to see if there is a different version indeed it is um, some of the things are different um and so there are so many versions of the maitri upanishad that it uh, took me a little while to find it because it was not in the same place as in the other text okay yeah so it doesn't matter those are all small things we'll take care of that as we go along so we saw yesterday yatha nirindhano vanhihi svayona upashamyati tatha vrittikshayat chittam svayona upashamyati you know and uh, so the the example of course any example that you give for atma is not going to be exactly fitting but here you know the, i think we have to focus on this i mean even though it's uh, you know uh, we have to focus on two things here one is the fire from which the fuel has been withdrawn dies off so there you know there are two things that we have to focus on and the two are not always uh, exactly related so two things we have to focus on one is the fire from which the logs have been withdrawn what does it do it dies away yes so so too the a mind which has been uh, from which all kinds of uh, rote thoughts rote thought means mechanical thinking mechanically the force of our uh, because of the force of the ragadveshas you know the mind keeps getting fuel in the form of kama krodha lobha all these things anything that one sees is uh, is is what is pounced upon and then one takes it to the complete end of that particular thought you know yeah like you know you see something and then immediately the mind goes into overdrive what the mind ahankara itself goes into overdrive and the mind helps by making associations and bringing out previous experiences etc so immediately there is judgment there is judgment about the jagat there is of course judgment about the self and there is judgment about bhagavan ishvara ishvara is giving me a bad deal you know as though ishvara doesn't have enough to do <laughs> yeah other than to single you out and give you a bad deal so like this there is you know there is some uh, uh, way in which the fuel is uh, keeping on being supplied to the mind in terms of past association past memories past desires present desires everything and then the mind just keeps burning 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 ah <laughs> and so therefore what therefore here you know the uh, the thing is to withdraw those impressions ah withdraw those impressions it's not to stop thinking yeah so the question is what is the fuel if we have to put it in one word what is this fuel that makes the mind blaze uh, with anger resentment judgment etc if we had to put use one word i would say subjectivity ha ah, that is the fuel subjectivity means all the samskaras the vasanas from childhood and the distorted perception so the distorted perception that about 
oneself, the Jagat and Ishvara and all the things therein, you know, uh, which ensues from a mind that is, that is, you know, suffering from self-ignorance. So a mind that has self-ignorance distorts the Jagat. It has a distorted view of itself, has a distorted view of Bhagavan. So this is what is subjectivity where all the priorities are gone. You know, the person says, you know, and then the person is offered a boat, a boat to cross samsara and the person finds fault in the boat. No, 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 this is, this is got full of holes. No, no, there are no holes. Come on in. All of us are going. You also come. No, 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 I want Bhagavan to save me. <laughs> like that, uh, like that devotee who stayed back uh, in the flood and did not get on the boat. And what are some other reasons to not get on the Vedanta boat? My calling has not come. If I am meant to study Vedanta, it will happen on its own. Are This opportunity is right here. No, but uh, a human being told me about this class, online class. Bhagavan did not come and tell. <laughs> you know. So, this is, this is again subjectivity, spiritual romanticism. And what are some other reasons not to get on the, you know, get on the Vedanta boat? You know, even though one is going glub, glub, glub in samsara, another reason, a frequent reason is, I have other things to do. I have parental duties. One person said, uh, how old is your, uh, how old are your children? Well, you know, 40 and 45. <laughs> I said, uh, so are they independent? Yes. Are they educated? Yes. Are they able to make a living? Yes. Then what is your duty there? There is no duty here. You know, you have given them, you have done your duty. And if you can't take out one hour for Vedanta, you know, because you, in, your, in, in your life there is a 45 year old, you know, that, that is, you know, that is another reason, that is another way the mind gets distorted. There is a distortion in the thinking and in the priorities because it all goes back to Atma Adhyanam. I mean, we can sit and find till the cows come home all kinds of local reasons. Oh, I'm having a bad day. Oh, I'm having trouble in this thing. And, uh, you know, there is a difficulty in relationships or, oh, this is what happened. But those are all what? You know, those are all things that are place markers, bookmarks. Yeah. The source is elsewhere. And the source is what? Here. The source of the mind is the heart, is the loving, compassionate heart, is Satchidananda. Source of the fire is Vayu. We said the source is other. I mean, you can't even imagine how the source of the uh, <laughs> fire is uh, Vayu. But that is what the Shastra says. It is completely different from itself. And that's why the vayu has the, uh, the wind has the power over fire either to make it into a conflagration or to kill it off. The wind both, you know, increases and decreases it. And similarly, the source of the mind, svayona, svayoni, you know, manasaha svayoni, the source of the mind, the chittam, and mind means includes ahankara, the, the eye notion, that owns up the shallow thinking, the decision-making capacity and the emotions. All of it is included, including the one who says, all this is me. So, the source of the mind is Satchidananda Atma, that witness consciousness. That's where all the thoughts should go back. If we stop putting ghee into this fiery, you know, thought process, that is the idea. And that is why the example is very fitting. So two things we have to see. One is what is the fuel? The fuel I said is subjectivity. And second is what is this Vayoni? What is the source of the mind? The source of the mind, uh, you know, they say even Ayurvedic medicine says this. And the ancient, uh, you know, acupuncture knowledge, Chinese medicine also says, let the mind sink into the heart. And we are not talking of the real heart. We are talking of the spiritual heart, the heart of the matter, Satchidananda. 
But then, isn't there a contradiction? Until I know Satchitananda, these, these vrittis will not subside. And the, until these vrittis subside, there is no Satchitananda. <laughs> yes, there seems to be a little bit of a circular thinking. But, you know, not that, not something that cannot be interrupted. And how to interpret this? The practice of meditation helps. You know, if you sit, if you are able to sit for some time, you know, start with one minute at a time. The acronym is OM, O-M-M, one minute meditation. Just put a timer on, on one of your many devices and then just sit for one minute and say the mantra. Whenever the mind goes back, bring back the mantra. Bring back the mantra. And then like this and slowly increase the practice. Don't go from one minute to 48 minutes. No, that's not the thing to do. From one minute you go to two minutes. Like this. You keep practicing and then the tolerance for the mantra increases. In fact, you start liking it because it's so much more pleasant than the vrittidhara, than the stream of thoughts that are otherwise flowing in the mind. The stream of thoughts are just jumping from one thing to another and totally unrelated and then always leading one to sorrow. So here the, uh, the direction is that a relatively quiet mind is needed for the, for the Shastra to, to place the knowledge for it to be a fitting receptacle for the live coals of knowledge. Yeah. It's like this person who went to borrow some, you know, kindling because they wanted to do a yajna at home and they wanted some live coals from the neighbor's house. And then what? And the lady of the house said, sure, I'll give you some live coals from our house. What shall I put it in? Did you bring something? And he shows one newspaper <laughs> to carry these live coals. And do you think the newspaper can hold the live coals? It will just burn through. Ah, it will burn through and make a big hole. Same thing with the knowledge that is put, that is placed very lovingly by the Shruti and the Guru in a mind that is, you know, that is uh, not prepared. So the mind has to be prepared. So there has to be some relative Shanti. And, you know, going back to the source here, first step means going back to the witness. I am not my thoughts. I am not this body, I am not my suffering. Suffering is there, you know, sadness is there. But I don't have to be connected to this sadness. I don't have to, you know, have a copyright over the sadness, over the anger, over the fear. I just observe that it is there and, and that practice helps the assimilation of the knowledge. And then after the knowledge assimilates, there is a true Svayoni Upajanti. So there is a true Shanti, meaning there is a absolute Shanti. So that is what the, the, the whole understanding is. You know, I want to just look at the Bhashya here in case it has something interesting to offer us. Svayonau Bhuta Sukshma Lakshane Svakarane Tatha uh, chittam svayonau svadhishthane sabhamagnana uh, uh, upalakshite upashamyate. Yeah, so uh, this is, you know, the same thing. Svadhishthane, where is the yoni for the mind in the adhishthana of the mind which is the adhishthana of everything and the word adhishthana is very important adhishthana means the truth yeah the truth of everything which is atma so how to resolve the mind in the atma when i don't know atma that's why i said this step number one and step number two. First is resolve the mind by taking recourse to one's identity as consciousness and then step number two, uh, this allows a deeper assimilation and then what happens is that you are able to, you, you are able to have ab, what is called absolute shanti, absolute freedom from disturbance and fear. And then what, next one let us look at. Svayonavupashantasya 
So this is very interesting because here another point is being made. What is that other point? The other point is that the um, that why is so supposing if somebody asks why is this practice necessary you know can't I get Vedanta without meditating you know because you said it's a circular thinking so unless the Ajnanam goes the distortions and the subjectivity uh, will not stop the mind will keep on putting the fuel of subjectivity and burning as a result and so all these thoughts are the various flames and sparks etc so you know so until this goes that won't go and until the subjectivity goes shanti won't come and unless a certain shanti comes in the mind the subjectivity won't go so then if that is the case then why not go straight for the knowledge you know why not go straight for the knowledge why because it's going to have some you know it's going to you know it's going to get disturbed uh, I mean, it's going to get upashamana anyway. So why bother with meditation? If somebody asks that question, the second one asks the answers that. Because even after a lot of practice, there is a, the, the essence of the verse is this, even after a lot of practice, there is a way to get derailed. Uh, even after a lot of practice, one can get derailed. The mind can get derailed. How is that? Svayonau upashantasya. So, one is, you know, for a mind that has a shanti, what kind of shanti, you know, svayonau upashantasya manasaha. So, for a mind that has already gained some kind of shanti, uh, what has happened for that, you know, so the mind that has discovered the importance of truth, truth telling. So in a, a, a mind here means antakkarana, it includes everything. So for the antakkarana that has discovered the truth of everything, for the antakkarana that is, that is one with everything and that is really, you know, uh, intent on what? On this knowledge. Svayonau upashantasya. So for this mind which is intent on this knowledge and uh, intently seeking this knowledge, what happens, you know, manasaha, uh, uh, what happens, indriyartha vimudhasyan, uh, you know, the it can still be vimudha, vimudha, vimudha means it can still get deluded because after all it's the mind, yeah, so, so here there is a Patha Bheda because I was wondering how to explain this after after putting this one here. But I see in the Bhashya there is a Patha Bheda. Patha Bheda means, you know, there is a grammatical change. So here it says, Svayonau Upashantasya Manasaha not Satyagaminaha Satyakamataha Indriyartha Vimudhasya Anrita karma vashanugaha. Not rita, anrita. That makes more sense. And I'll give the proper version. I don't want to take the time now. Um, I'll give the proper version of it either at the end of the class or tomorrow. And uh, and then you can, uh, you know, yeah, maybe at the end of the class we'll take some time and I'll write it down. So that is uh, much, uh, you know, better because it says, Svayonau upashantasya manasaha satyakamataha. Satyakamataha means the, the, the mind that is in the, uh, the that is um, a lover of truth. Yeah. So a mind that is the lover of the truth. Here, Satyabhashanam. So both speak, speaking truth and also uh, the lover of Satchidananda. Sat as the truth of everything. Both, both the things. Because one is related to the other. The practice of truth speaking, you know, uh, this is a very important point. The practice of truth speaking, 
in in the practice of you know um, truth in speech what does it do it gives something wonderful it um, it makes one um, extremely uh, together yukta how because otherwise if one is telling lies all the time if one is a habitual liar then actually there are two people because one knows one is telling a lie correct ah so if one knows one is telling a lie there are actually two people within the knower of the lie and the one who is telling a lie the one who just told a lie so that is already a split advaita and so for a heart that is all split up and conflicted within advaita cannot come the knowledge of advaita because it is opposed to dvaita you see what i'm saying yeah so the, the the person who is saying something but actually knows that something else is true there is already a split and that split has to be healed so here that's why in a mind which is a lover of truth so already the person who is practicing truth speaking is uh, is uh, is is kind of bringing all the split ends of the mind together and also a lover of satchidananda then what happens इंद्रियार्थ विमूढ़ अनृता कर्म वशानुग सो सो दिस इज यू नो सो देन इट सेज इंद्रियार्थ विमूढ़ मनस कर्म वशानुगा अनृता मिथ्या प्रवृत्त यामत आई एम रीडिंग द भाषा याहा सत्य कामतःत्मस्तुपरागात्मस्तुनीपरागात्मस्तुनीपरागात्मस्तुनीण योजना पुनर्न प्रभवंती so this is actually giving the opposite meaning there you know in the other one because i also consulted another text which i thought it was authentic and so here um, in the other one it's giving the different meaning here it says in the bhashya he says he gives two kinds of uh, scenarios first scenario is what the one whose mind is a lover of truth and uh, you know Uh, and the uh, mind that is what uh, and the mind that is calm down with the practice of what meditative practices etc then what happens so in that mind the indriyas will still create a certain uh, you know um, indriyas will still create a ruckus indriyas means the sense organs so the sense organs keep on looking at things hearing things and then what happens and then uh, the mind is you know undisturbed that is what it's trying to say because there are two kinds of scenarios first is a mind that has come down with the practice of meditation is undisturbed when when you know when it is the lover of truth double meaning for truth truth speaking and being in truth and searching and the lover of the truth of its own source and then you know then what happens for that mind that mind is quietened and then there is another mind you know indriyartha vimudhasya this manasah has to be used twice so first manasah upashantasya manasah so for the mind that is quite uh, quietened down it follows the path of truth and then indriyartha vimudhasya manasah so for the mind that continues to be deluded by the sense organs then what happens anritaha so then what is there to follow only that which is mithya anritha here doesn't means false it means the person is dependent on the dependent reality all the time ah this is a much uh, sounder uh, meaning because i was a little puzzled uh, about the other one uh, so uh, yeah so i'll have to rewrite this and uh, give it to you along with the translation 
ಸೊ ಸ್ವಯೋನೌ ಉಪಶಾಂತಸ್ಯ ಮನಸಃ ಸತ್ಯ ಕಾಮತಃ ಸೊ ಫಾರ್ ದ ಮೈಂಡ್ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಕ್ವೈಟ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಡೌನ್ ವಿತ್ ಕಾಂಟೆಂಪ್ಲೇಟಿವ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಮೆಡಿಟೇಟಿವ್ ಪ್ರಾಕ್ಟಿಸಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಅ ಲವರ್ ಆಫ್ ಟ್ರೂತ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಓಕೆ and then for the other mind this is another scenario which is constantly distracted deluded here means two things one is distracted by whatever is happening outside in the jagat or even with one's own body mind sense complex which is part of the jagat it identifies with everything it is it is still deluded meaning it's distracted from its source and it is distracted from its pursuit of whatever it really wants number 1 and deluded also means wrong priorities taken for a ride so the first meaning of vimudha deluded means it is distracted and it's not just an innocent distraction you're reading something and some sound comes and you look at a, look at the sound what what is this sound and then you come back to the reading no <laughs> that's not the kind of distraction we are talking about and we are not even talking of a temporary distraction in the contemplative uh, you know practice like you are saying you know om namah shivaya and then after that something happens and then you come back and then uh, no here the, the second meaning of deluded is the one who completely goes away from this knowledge and thinking the unreal to be real so to speak thinking mithya to be satyam gets fascinated uh, follows the indriyas indriyas is what the sense organs and we we have seen in the kathopanishad that the sense organs are what the sense organs are nothing but a uh, but a um, but compared to horses and what do the horses do go wherever they like go wherever they see something to graze some grass some hay some daisies field of daisies oh wonderful it's it's desert so they just go and you know keep jumping that's why the horses need lagam lagam means the reins and those reins are to be in the hands of the buddhi the 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 thinking capacity the proper decide, decision making capacity so the horses that are reined will take you on the road of dharma and will take you to brahman that is the idea that's the wonderful example that's given so that one doesn't get derailed and here what the horses that's why in the bhagavad gita picture there are five horses to depict the five sense organs and then so the horses here uh, you know in the bhagavad gita picture are reined in by and are the reins are held by none other than bhagavan bhagavan is the buddhi and bhagavan is the guru here and and the bhagavan you know which is the inner guru here in the form of the buddhi is turning around and teaching the ahankara this is arjuna sitting in the back seat ha and the ratha the chariot itself is the body so this is something which is uh, very wonderful very very nice to understand that you know this uh, uh, here in this example the horses are scattered all over the reins are too slack they have escaped the reins because the buddhi is zero functioning <laughs> buddhi is non functioning <laughs> in the non functioning buddhi all these horses are gone and one of them you know uh, drags the buddhi there the other one drags it somewhere else and the person is all distracted quartered upset and and takes the you know takes asat to be sat and takes mithyat for satyam and keeps looking for searching for the infinite in finite places and getting depressed and then the horse you know the horse is dragging the person here there getting exhausted getting tired life after life so there are two kinds of scenarios so that's why the quietened mind is needed because without this there is no you know there is no pursuit no pursuit at all <laughs> and so therefore this is something which is very very beautiful to you know understand and let's go to the third one chittameva hi samsarah tat prayatnena shodhayet 
यचितस्तन्मयो भवती गुह्यमेतत्सनातनम सो दिस इज दिस इज आल्सो अ वेरी ब्यूटीफुल वन सो प्रीवियसली इट वाज टोल्ड इंद्रियार्थ विमूढस्य अनृता कर्मवशानुगह ओ या वी डिडंट सी वन मोर थिंग कर्मवशानुगह सो व्हाई डज दिस पर्सन डू दिस यू नो लिटिल मोर फ्रॉम द लास्ट वर्स आई फॉरगॉट दैट देयर इज वन मोर वर्ड स्किप दैट वन सो कर्मवशानुगह मींस कर्मवश वशम कर्मवशम अनुगच्छन्ति सो the the mind goes follows the indriyas why the buddhi in the second uh, scenario this person follows the indriyas why you know uh, and why do they make the wrong choice why do they choose subjectivity instead of objectivity really vedanta is nothing but objectivity it's not it's it's 100% objectivity seeing things Uh, you know uh, as they are yathartha darshanam seeing things as they are not you know not colored by my own views judgments fears and tears which is how generally one sees things so seeing things as they are not any other way and then what that so yathartha darshanam is atma darshanam so seeing things as they are is basically being in touch with the truth of oneself that is moksha so a mind that is totally 100 free of uh, percent free of subjectivity that is what is is here and then what you know so here the person due to some uh, you know some problem goes away from the possibility of the knowledge and the possibility of what of moksha and the possibility of uh, coming down the mind and the very and the million dollar question is why why does person a take to vedanta very easily and is is fine and then why does person b you know have this other problem you know goes away even though the vedanta is right there shastra is there teacher is there everything is there and this person you know attends a few classes and then what ah, something happens something else shines and we are not talking of difficulty i mean sometimes there are difficulties and some you know obstacle comes doesn't matter then the person you know is back that's not the point you know that's not in one's hands but here you know the thing is different because you know the 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 obstacle here seems to be adhyatmika adhyatmika obstacle rather than adhibhautika or adhidaivika you know adhidaivika obstacle you can't do anything about and uh, you know but adhyatmika means this is an obstacle that is put forth by the mind suddenly doubts start to come all the shraddha that one had towards the teacher and towards the oneself you know goes away all the shraddha goes and then what you know and then suddenly one starts doubting the shastra doubting the teacher seeing that the teacher is partial see thinking that the teacher is not teaching me properly maybe i should go to another teacher or this teacher you know me is not paying attention because really speaking two people come to the teacher ha chaya tapau brahma vido vadanti here we can say you know because one is the person who is a jignasu a mumukshu who really wants the knowledge who comes to the teacher with folded hands and says adhihi bhagavo brahma please teach me brahma who is the other one the other one says be my mummy <laughs> be my daddy <laughs> depending on whether the guru is uh, masculine or feminine sometimes it doesn't matter because all gurus are ultimately mother like you know even the, even if they are men that is how it is that is what vedanta does brings out all the compassion and the 
and the and the motherliness in a in a very functional way not in a dysfunctional you know smothering way or othering way you know so that is how it is even the veda and vedanta is compared to the uh, studying vedanta is like being in the lap of a thousand loving mothers hitaishini she is comfort giving adi shankara says this so 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 people are looking to be parented so there is two people approaching the guru one wants the knowledge and the other one wants to be parented loved up hugged and you know and comforted poor guru think about this this is what is uh, what is this called this is the occupational hazards of being the teacher of vedanta really so two people ka and so one of them is is you know so basically so who are these two people actually it is one one is the jignasu the adult and the other one is the truncated inner child or sometimes they bring a brood of inner children one wants mothering one wants to fight with it to fight with the authority figure one doesn't want the guru one wants the guru one one is like this one is like that it's a total mess and confusion and so in the way the knowledge is gained from our gurus you know is inbuilt in the teaching how to give lollipops and uh, what is that called they they suck on this little rubber thing pacifiers you know and uh, um, how to give lollipops pacifiers and and put them in a cradle and rock them what the inner children of 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 the the various inner children while actually teaching the mumukshu that is part of the vedantic pedagogy ha <laughs> ah. sometimes you have to be strict with the child as well you have to say no you leave the room i am only teaching this one i am only teaching the adult this that's why vedanta is always for adults not for the inner children <laughs> so you please leave the room and otherwise i am not going to teach sometimes the teacher has to be strict just just like the parents have to be strict the child is screaming and says i want one more candy and the father and the mother have to say no you cannot do this why because there are rules around here this is not a hotel the father will say mother will say this is house you have to do some chores you know you have to you have to be part of the family you can't just show up at meal times and this is not a hotel and you have to you have you have to be integrated into the family you have to spend some time you have to you have to show that you are part of the family especially teenagers need to be told this you know so that they don't uh, you know they, they they learn some discipline and they learn how to be a well adjusted citizen in the universe because they cannot do this you know uh, how they treat the parents they cannot go and treat their colleagues and employers and employees you know when they grow up fully and and are you know in a job so the parents mold their uh, you know mold their personalities to 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 be more integrated you can't just do as you feel because feelings are not ultimately real and you see the teenager having a tantrum over one small thing a tiny thing and the mother and the father laugh <laughs> you know because they have been through this they have done been there and done this so the mother and the father says you know and it's no use to reason with the child with the teenager it's no use to tell the teenager you are upset about something that doesn't matter ashochya anvashochastvam <laughs> you you are crying over something that should not be cry wept over because it really doesn't matter this is what uh, krishna told arjuna but uh, you know but here arjuna was you know but then krishna took care of that and explained that whole thing in the next you know 18 chapters 17 chapters and uh, so therefore you know you can't tell this to the child you can tell this to the adult you know what you are grieving over something that is useless but the but the child is in full fledged you know what is that you know fully blossoming here and you cannot tell the child this so what can you tell you know you have to say yes i understand that you are upset i understand totally yes you are disappointed 
that you couldn't have your way yes you are disappointed that we are not going on holiday to this particular place which was your favorite uh, you know destination instead we are going to the ashram <laughs> actually children love going to the ashram but nonetheless you know you know that could be one way. or instead we are going elsewhere and you have to deal with it because maybe this is this this time it's not your turn to pick the destination maybe it's your sibling's turn maybe it's our turn but nonetheless since you are part of this family and since you are not on your own and independent you have to toe the line and you have to make peace with this decision now i can help you make the peace but provided you stop abusing me i understand that you're angry i understand that you're upset but first i want you to stop engaging in self uh, uh, you know harm inflicting behaviors like you know for example you know thrashing yourself on the ground or hitting your head repeatedly on the wall whatever it is i'm just giving extreme examples you know so i can talk to you when you stop hurting yourself and hurting others in this room ah you stop doing that then i can help you the parent has to be very strict and the parent has to be able to say you know it's apparent to me that what you are angry it's very clear that you are angry but what you know but you don't have the right to target anyone in this room with your anger so therefore if you cannot you know manage your anger right now i suggest you leave the room take a little time out no problem have a little time out take a little time be with yourself and then what happens you know come back when you are calm you, you you can we can have this conversation again plenty of time is there no problem this is what the parent has to tell and this is exactly what the shastra does for you know for this dual person who is coming who's all split up the adult you know comes to the classes but naturally brings in the the inner children who are who are quintessential doubters because they are not interested in the knowledge and they neither should they be interested in the knowledge they are just residues of the past that haven't been healed and integrated somebody asked me how to get rid of the inner child you don't have to get rid of it you have to love it up it will go away on its own you just have to love it up that's all just allow it to you know allow it to have a counseling session with the adult that's what one has to do so that's why we say vedanta is super therapy because all the inner children are directed even though they are directed at the guru the guru deflects them back on to you with the knowledge of you know with a parenting instruction booklet <laughs> yeah guru doesn't take on the uh, job of parenting the inner children no that's not the guru's job guru doesn't take on the job of trying to comfort the inner children and parent them whose job is it your job it is your job to integrate the child into the adult and the guru teaches you how in the beginning perhaps yeah because the person doesn't know perhaps some cradle you know Uh, rocking will be there and some comforting will be there in the beginning you know but that cannot continue as one grows in this knowledge one has to learn to reparent one's own inner children and the shastra gives it what gives the uh, gives the uh, what is that the tools to do that the guru gives the tools to do that in keeping with the message of the shastra so the shastra and the guru are what you know they are not daycare centers for the inner children no they are certification centers for you to get a diploma in how to run a daycare ha <laughs> that is what it is so they are teachers of teachers they are teachers of adults and if you are having a problem with the inner child there are many many things you can do to do this upashamana this is what the whole thing is 
to do this upashamana. So indriyartha vimodhasya means the one who is deluded by the indriyas. This is the inner child. Because the adult has already made the decision to study. And the inner child is distracted. It, it, it rears its ugly head. And it is all upset and all in pain. And it wants to go away from the knowledge. It says enough of study. I don't like the teacher. I don't like the students. I don't like this. I don't. And so many notions are there. People have all kinds of notions. I don't like online class. Why? Because, you know, I want to sit in front of the teacher. Well, you can't sit in front of the teacher right now. Why don't you just take the online class? No, I can't. I won't. Because that's not a way to study. You see, this is all just coming from some long-held notions from which one doesn't want to be, you know, parted. Pet peeves from which one doesn't want to be parted. And so, therefore, what, you know, Depart. If you don't want to be parted from the notions, you just depart from the vidya. This is what the whole thing is. You depart from the classes because you don't want to be parted from all the notions. And so here, this is what the whole thing is. So what is it? Even though we say the indriyas take away by force, you know, the indriyas don't take away anything by force. The sense organs are just reporters. They say, oh, there is an attractive, you know, something there that you really want. No, but I, uh, this is time for class. No, 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 this is something attractive. But you have to decide. This is time for class. I'm not going to go after it. Let it wait. I will look at it later. You can, you can decide. But here, the ahankara is the one that is, you know, that is, uh, what is that? Making this uh, decision. So the mind, buddhi, ahankara, all this, it's not the indriyas. And so on what basis is the mind, buddhi, ahankara, you know, coming and making the wrong decision? And here a beautiful explanation is given. Karma vashanugaha. You know, it's as though they are led by the previous karma. So what is the karma here? desires. Karma doesn't, you know, doesn't uh, mean some kind of an inevitability. No. Here it means the desires. So the force, the desires are nothing wrong with the desires. Because in the Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavan says, Kamosmi Bharatarshabha. I am in the form of desire. But then what happens? You know, that desire is the one that is without pressure. I am in the form of binding, uh, non-binding desires. Desires that are okay if they are fulfilled and if they are not fulfilled, no problem. That, those kinds of desires I am. Yeah. Those kinds of desires I am. And then, so therefore what? So therefore, this is the, this is the whole uh, you know, understanding. The I am in the form of the desire that is non-binding in nature. A free desire. Meaning, fulfilled, okay. Unfulfilled, no problem. You know, let's say you go out for coffee with a friend and you don't want to, you want to go to this particular coffee shop. But for some reason, it is closed. Stop taking something. You didn't expect it to be closed. Somehow it's closed. Then you just shrug your shoulders. Ah, another time we can go. No problem. Or it's shut down. It's okay. No problem. Somewhere else we'll go. Or we won't go at all. We'll just sit and talk in the house itself. So like this, you know, that is a non-binding desire. But if somebody had their heart set on going and there is a pressure, you know, behind this desire. Oh, why me? Why only when I want coffee, the coffee shop is closed. This was my favorite coffee shop. So there is, you see, there is that pull there, that pressure-filled desire, which makes one, you know, what? Vandalize the coffee shop simply because it is closed. That is what is called binding desire. A binding desire is, it makes you very morose if it's not fulfilled or angry and then what? It, it forces you to do things against dharma to get those uh, objects of desire. That is what is called a binding desire. And so here 
these binding desires lead the person because they have not been managed one has to manage the desires and how do you manage the desires by allow by working to reduce the pressure how do you work to reduce the pressure by identifying the desire and seeing that the desire is actually for brahman to do that by 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 the exercise of viveka and vairagya these these binding desires are kept in check and if you follow vedanta they are not, not automatically kept in check those desires after a while they just drop they don't come at all so here is a, is a person whose desires are not kept in check and so what happens they just take you by force yeah this is what is the dialogue in the third chapter of the bhagavad gita between arjuna and lord krishna arjuna asks a question 36th verse of the third chapter athakena prayuktena papam charati purushah anichchanna pivarshneha baladiva niyojitah oh lord you know you've told me all this you've given me the vision you've given me a the, the vision of oneness and you have given me a lifestyle to with which to follow this oneness to 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 you have given me a lifestyle with which to um what is that with which to pursue this oneness you've given me the lifestyle that is conducive for this oneness karma yoga etc but then you know what is the you know what is the reason why even though one has everything one has the blueprint for moksha in terms of how to reorganize one's life in terms of what knowledge to pursue still the person goes away from dharma as though forced by karma as though forced by something beyond their control what is it that does that what is it that's beyond their control that forces the person to flout dharma kena prayuktena impelled by whom papam charati purushah the person in the course of fulfilling their desires what do they do they do wrong actions anichchanapi they don't want to do it nobody wants to be unfaithful nobody wants to hurt somebody nobody wants to be lying and even though they are doing all these actions they know they are doing the wrong thing and they hate themselves but they still go ahead and do it why you know baladiva niyojitah as though it is put in you know as though it, they are forced to do this as though they are, it's out of their control and bhagavan's answer is very beautiful and that is what it, this is trying to say here the verse number 2 it uh, bhagavan says kama esha krodha eshah महाशनो महाशनोहाज kama esha krodha esha because they come from a condition of the mind which is restless called rajas they are they are of a rajasic temperament they seek instant gratification i want it now at any cost so the ends can justify the means they seek instant gratification you know and then what are they mahashanah mahashanah means one with a great appetite you feed and this goes back to verse number 1 you feed the fuel of the desire and the mind wants more 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 just like as long as you keep feeding the logs into the fire the fire wants more 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 and more and more so the mind wants more and more and more mahashanah it's a it's a great eater it does not say enough to when one desire is fulfilled it immediately morphs into the other and then what does it make you do it makes you do you know a lot of papa mahapapma so this is what makes you this kama and krodha are the real ones that that make you do all the papa so kama here means binding desires which are unmanaged undisciplined desires and so therefore what you know 
Mahashanaha, Mahapapma. So these are the ones to be contented with, content with, and these are the ones to be calmed down. Yeah. Vidhyenam, Vairinam, these are the ones inimical to your pursuit. And these, you know, are nothing but the inner child. When we talk of inner child, we talk of pressure filled desires. And I told you the Shastra and the Guru. They give a blueprint of parenting these because it's very convenient and comforting if somebody else parents the inner child. Ah, the bigger the personage, the better. So therefore what? So therefore the inner child is, you know, first that's why people get married. So that I can give the spouse, uh, the significant other, the, my inner child to babysit. And the spouse is thinking the same thing. This one will babysit my inner child and will live happily ever after. Wrong. <laughs> because the other person is sick of your inner child and you are sick of the other person's inner child. And then you want to sort of then say, oh, I think we need to expand our friend circle so that we can find somebody else to babysit the inner children and parent them and comfort them. Then guru becomes the sitting duck and the daycare for all the inner children. But the Guru doesn't take them on. The Guru returns them back to you and teaches you how to parent them. How to parent them is by being the adult. Is by saying, not now. I'll deal with you later. But you have to earn the inner child's trust. You have to earn the trust of the inner child. Because the inner child is a very untrusting, shraddha-less being. Ah. And this comes along with the mumukshu for self-knowledge. And that's why the teacher makes, uh, you know, that's why the teacher gives the key, key to the cow stable <laughs> so that the inner children get stable in the process and are, and are and uh, you know, have some tranquility and allow the adult to learn this knowledge. Otherwise, the adult is all, you know, is, is hijacked by the force of the desires in the form, you know, recalcitrant desires, desires that are, you know, pressureful in the form of these inner children. Because the child just wants to have its way. You can't say, you know, I'm attending Vedanta class, I'll deal with you later. You know, you have to first, you know, calm the child down, put it to sleep and then attend the Vedanta class. So, and then after that, or you, if the child is old enough, you say, okay, you just sit here with your coloring book or you watch this movie, I will attend the Vedanta class and come. And then after that, you can't just go away and busy your life. You have to pay attention to the child. So too with the inner child, you have to earn its trust. And then you have to make it be there and say, I'll come back to you. Now, tell me why you are so sad. Tell me why you are so angry. And all that it needs is a hug. You just have to say, I am here for you. That's all it needs. And you have to be the adult. If you start feeling sad, that means you are identifying with its distress. That is what one doesn't have to do. And when one is able to manage the inner child, one is like the scenario of the mind and the antakarna in the first line of the verse. Swayonav upashantasya manasaha satya kamataha. So one is truth loving, one doesn't have all these splits within and one is okay. And if one doesn't manage the inner child, it is all over the place, it hijacks you from your most desired pursuit of this knowledge. This is what it says, you know. And why is that? Karma vashanugaha. Some karma, these desires are all because of some karma. Karma here means ajnana. So, Ajnana, which is the cause of the birth, and because of the birth, there are desires, because of uh, birth, there are desires, because of desires, there is karma, and because of karma, there is karma phala, and again in the next birth, the same desires, plus some more, one is born with. Okay? So, that is what the whole thing is. The next verse says that this is, this is the definition of samsara. Chittamevahi samsara. Your emotions is the meaning. The meaning of samsara is all these inner children and your emotions. Tat prayatnena shodhayet. Look at this. Find out this truth. Discover this truth with, with clarity, with mindful attention. 
ಭವತಿ the what you keep on contemplating on you become that very thing <laughs> it's like a self fulfilling prophecy because the person with the free will is ultimately bhagavan so you keep contemplating on something you just draw that to you you keep contemplating on ashanti ashanti only will come you keep contemplating on how unloved one one is feeling that only will be become your truth and if you keep contemplating on brahman you are brahman you are already a brahman whether you contemplate or not but you know that you are non separate from brahman very beautiful uh, you know this we'll see this uh, tomorrow in a little more uh, detail enough for now om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva avashishyate ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ